love for my Savior fills my heart. I hope that's the case for everyone here this morning hour, that the love for your Savior, Jesus Christ, would fill your heart this morning. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, let us give thanks and pray. Most gracious and merciful, loving Heavenly Father, we thank Thee above all things, Heavenly Father, for Thy Son, Jesus Christ, and for that love for our Savior that fills our hearts. O Heavenly Father, we have so much to be thankful for, even amongst all our trials and tribulations, we still have so much to thank Thee for. And we do thank Thee, Heavenly Father, because we know that we have been promised an eternal home, not made with hands reserved in heaven for us. Heavenly Father, we, as we are gathered this morning, we are gathered in thy name, for thy word is said, where two or three are gathered together in thy name, there thou art in the midst of them. And we are gathered in thy name this morning, Heavenly Father. And we do ask that thou would be with us as we are gathered here, that thy spirit would fill our hearts and would cause us to rejoice in our hearts for thy love which thou hast bestowed upon each one of us. Heavenly Father, we pray again this morning for all those who have asked us to remember them in prayer. And we know, Heavenly Father, that thou knowest the needs of everyone much better than we do ourselves. But we do ask that thou would remember each one who has asked for prayers. And we ask that thou would, Heavenly Father, Allow thy word to be brought forth in truth and in purity, that thou would reveal thy word unto us this morning as we speak and we read thy word. We pray, Heavenly Father, for the Sunday school children and for the teachers, that thou would continue to bless each one of them, bless those little ones that have come to learn and we ask that thou would bless the young parents also who have the little ones yet sitting in their laps, that, that thou would reveal unto them the need to teach those little ones, that one day they may be carrying that manner that floats and brings word forth the word of God as long as this world stands. We ask, Heavenly Father, that thou would be with each one of us. Bless all of us to thy name. Heavenly Father, we do ask that thou would hear us as we say that prayer that thou hast taught us to say. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us and lead us not into temptation but deliver us from evil for thine is the kingdom the power and the glory forever and ever Amen
grace and peace from the Prince of Peace. Be unto each one of us this morning hour of grace and may that Holy Spirit be with us this morning to reveal reveal unto us that precious word of God, that heavenly manna that we so much need to sustain us on this narrow way of life. Amen. We sang with the songwriter that with thee, O Lord, do I put my trust. And that is the only place that we can put our trust in is the Lord Jesus Christ and in the word of God so let us keep these in mind that we might always be able to look unto him who is the author and finisher of our faith that we might be able to continue on this narrow way of life until that day when Jesus calls us home, whether it be individually or whether it be collectively. We do not know the day or the hour that the Son of Man will come, but he will come. He is coming one day to claim his own. Will you be there on that right-hand side to hear those words that come ye blessed of my Father? 
and inherit that kingdom that has been prepared for you from the foundation of the world. Oh, how precious these words are. How precious these promises are. And these promises are sure and they are true. So we can believe the promises of God, the promises of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. And he has promised to take us into that heavenly home, that home not made with hands. I've chosen to read this morning from a portion of the uh, Gospel of Luke, the 15th chapter, beginning with the 11th verse, the account of the prodigal son. I know that this is a familiar portion of God's word to everyone here. At least I presume it is. But I felt that it's good to hear it again because it has some wonderful instructions in it. So we'll read this in Jesus' name, beginning at the 11th verse, chapter 15 in Luke. And he said, a certain man had two sons, and the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the portion of goods that falleth to me. And he divided unto them his living. And not many days after, the younger son gathered all together and took his journey into a far country, and there wasted his substance in, with riotous living. And when he had spent all, there arose a mighty famine in the land, and he began to be in want. And he went and joined himself to a citizen of that country, and he sent him into his fields to feed swine. And he would fain have filled his belly with the husks that the swine did eat, and no man gave unto him. And when he came to himself, he said, How many hired servants of my father's have bread enough and to spare, and I perish with hunger? And I will, I will arise and go to my father, and will say unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before thee, and am no more worthy to be called thy son. Make me as one of thy hired servants. And he arose and came to his father. But when he was yet a great way off, his father saw him and had compassion and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. And the son said unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and in thy sight, and am no more worthy to be called thy son. But the father said to his servants, Bring forth the best robe and put it on him, and put a ring on his hand and shoes on his feet. And bring hither the fatted calf and kill it, and let us eat and be merry. For this my son was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. And they began to be merry. Now his eldest son was in the field, and as he came and drew nigh to the house, he heard music and dancing. And he called one of the servants and asked what these things meant. And he said unto him, Thy brother is come, and thy father hath killed the fatted calf, because he hath received him safe and sound. And he was angry, and would not go in. Therefore came his father out and entreated him. 
And he answering said to his father, Lo, these many years do I serve thee, neither transgressed I at any time thy commandment, and yet thou never gavest me a kid, that I might make merry with my friends. But as soon as this thy son was come, which hath devoured thy living with harlots, thou hast killed for him the fatted calf. And he said unto him, Son, thou art ever with me, and all that I have is thine. It was meet that we should make merry and be glad, for this thy brother was dead, and is alive again, and was lost, and is found. Amen. I would ask that you would say a prayer unto the Heavenly Father, that, that he would reveal his word as we speak and read the word and go over it. For it is only by the revelation of the Holy Spirit that we are able to bring forth that which God wants us to hear and to speak. And this account here is of, as it says, a certain man had two sons. But perhaps we can think of it as this certain man being God. And the two sons being the two kinds of people in the world, saved and the unsaved. Now whether this is the right interpretation or not, I don't know, but let's read the account and go through the account. The younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the portion of goods that falleth to me. And he divided unto him his living. The younger son wanted to wanted to get his portion that was coming to him of the inheritance. And he asked his father that he could have it. And his father gave it to him. And what did he do? He went out into the dark world. And it says here that not many days after the younger son gathered all together, he took his journey into a far country and there wasted his substance in riotous living. How is it with each one of us, and especially with the teenagers who want to leave home, they've been home in the father's house, and they want to leave home and go out and experience the things of this world. This happens to so many that they want to go out. They feel that we've got to find out what this world has to offer. And believe me, this world has a lot to offer, to the young ones especially. It has a lot of things to offer to, for the lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, the pride of life. This isn't only applied to the young ones, but to all of us. And who is the prince of this world but Satan? Satan, that old serpent, he is the prince of this world, and he wants to entice everyone that he possibly can, especially those who are in the house of the Father, wants to entice them to come out to test 
and to see and to taste of the things that this world has to offer. But believe me, they are no better than what our first parents, Adam and Eve, when they were instructed to that they could have everything that they wanted in that garden, excepting for that one, the fruit of that one tree, the tree of good and evil, the tree of knowledge. But even they were tempted by Satan and were convinced that that fruit was good to eat, was good to look upon, the lust of the eyes and the pride of life and the lust of the flesh and it was good to eat so they took of it but God had said the day that you eat thereof you shall surely die and when we go out to taste of the things of this world oh let us be careful because when we are out in the world we just might not be able to come back. Fortunately, God was merciful unto Adam and Eve, and he promised a Savior unto them. He has promised unto us a Savior also, and he has shown us in his word that a Savior has come and has taken the sins of the world upon himself, the Savior who is the Son of God, Jesus Christ, His only begotten Son. And He has taken upon Himself the sins of the whole world. He has taken your sins and mine. But Satan is still out there in the world and he is enticing all of us yet. We, ha are, we are fighting this fight. We have this warfare before us. And Satan continues to want to have us come and worship him in the things of this world we have to be very very careful and we know that that it says that when we sin and sin has been completed then the wages of sin is death just as it was in the beginning when Adam and Eve sinned but God provided a Savior and that Savior is still with us today and if there is anybody who has gone out into the world and has has thought even that they have lost that good place in the Father's house listen to the rest of this story even as this prodigal did for we are, there are many prodigals, and I myself have been a prodigal, and that's probably why I like this text so much. It says here that he wasted his substance with riotous living. How many of us have wasted so much with riotous living? And when he had spent all, there arose a mighty famine in the land, and he began to be in want. Oh, his conscience began to bother him. He was being bothered now. He had wasted everything. And what was he going to do? So he started to look for something 
to comfort him, to help him. But he didn't look in the right place at first, as it says here. It says here that he went out and he joined himself to a citizen of that country, that far country that that will not, has no no way of helping a sin-sick soul. And this, as he joined himself to a citizen of that far country, sure, there are places where you might think, and there are many who have gone and joined themselves to the citizens of this world and even found that perhaps that they are living a Christian life but have not found the peace of a good conscience. Just as this prodigal here did, he says he went out and he joined himself to a citizen of that country and he sent him into his fields to feed swine. Yes, perhaps he went out to he had found a job or he went out to even perhaps preach some kind of a gospel. We don't know. This doesn't say just what it is. But he would have would fain have filled his belly with the husks that the swine did eat. Even the husks he would have eaten if he could have. But he couldn't. For no man gave unto him. He didn't receive anything. He could not find anything to satisfy his hunger, his hungering soul. And so now, it says he came to himself. He started thinking, oh, there's got to be, there's got to be a better way. And that, those words remind me of brother Ralph Davidson said many times when he walked out of the door of his house. His mother says, there's a better way. There's a better way. And truly there is. Because when you walk out of the door, as a young person especially, most of the time you're going out to find and to satisfy the lust of the flesh. Now, I'm not trying to accuse anybody, but I know I was young once, and that's what I wanted to do too. But I thank God that he had mercy upon me and he was gracious and he brought me back into the fold. Just as this boy did here, it says here that he he came to himself and he said, How many hired servants of my father's have bread enough to spare, bread enough and to spare, and I perish with hunger. He knew that in the father's house there was much There was much that he could receive there in the father's house and while he was there in the father's house he had all that he, all that he needed and all that he desired. But he wanted to go out and try, try the pleasures of the world. But thanks be unto God, God woke his conscience and he started to think that, oh, there's got to be a better way. My father's house, there are there are many things and I I will go to my father it says I will arise and go to my father and I will say unto him father I have sinned against heaven and before thee how many times have you thought when your conscience has been bothered by things that you have done or said how many times have you thought that I'll go and, I'll go and repent I'll go and confess those sins that I have fallen into 
And I know that I won't be able to find a place in my father's house like I had before. But if I could even be a servant, even as he says here, that if I could even be a servant unto my father in my father's house, that can, I'd like to go there. I will arise, he says, he thought to himself, I will arise and go to my father and I will say unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before thee and am no more worthy to be called thy son. Make me as one of thy hired servants. Oh, he had a heavy heart. He had a heavy heart, but he did have that conviction that he had to go to the father's house. He had to go to that place where he could find some consolation, even if he had to go out and work in the, as the servants, as it says here. And that's what he was willing to do. But now we see that he arose. He arose and came to his father. Yes, he, God gave him the grace to arise from that where he was, out in that far country, and to go toward the father's house. And it says here that, but when he was yet a great way off, his father saw him and had compassion and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. What does this tell us? Had the father forgot his son? Had the father just said, well, he's gone. He won't come back. No, he stood there in the door waiting for his son to come back. Son or daughter. Waiting for that lost one that prodigal to come back to the father's house. Oh, what a loving father we have. That heavenly father who waited for me to come back also <laughs> to come to the house of the father. And oh, how happy I am that he gave me the grace to come back. How often when I was overseas during the World War II, I I prayed and prayed hard that God would allow me to come back so that I could once again have those loving arms reach around me and I could hear those words, those precious words. Believe all your sins and shortcomings forgiven in Jesus' name and his precious atoning blood. Oh, what a great relief it was when I heard those words. I've probably never told you the story, but I came back. I landed in Seattle, and I took a train to come back. And I, no, I took a bus, Greyhound bus, to come back. And I got as far as Minneapolis, Minnesota. And the bus driver announced that the bus, the bus drivers for Greyhound were going on strike. And they were going to have to, we were going to have to get off wherever we were at midnight when the, when the strike was to take place. And so I decided that, well, maybe I should get off here. They invited us to get off there if we didn't want to go any further because we didn't know where we would be. And I said to myself, well, I have some relatives that live in St. Paul, White Bear Lake. And 
I said, maybe I'll try to find them and look them up. So I got off and I, I had no idea where they lived exactly. But I went to a bus station, a local bus station, and I explained that I've got some relatives, an uncle and aunt and many, several children, cousins, that live in White Bear Lake in St. Paul. And I wonder if anybody would know where they are. And this bus driver says, maybe, maybe I might know where they are. I think I have an idea. And so I got on that bus and he, they drove and he dropped me off. He said, I think this might be the place. And it was, it was the Holland family and where they lived. And I figured, well, I'll visit them for a few days and then go on my way back here to home. I was not yet discharged. I was on leave, but I had been away for three years in the service. And I walked up to the yard and I saw a New Hampshire car there. And I went in the house and lo and behold, my mom and dad were there. They were there. He was holding services. He was called to go and hold services around the Midwest. And oh, what a meeting we had. It was so wonderful. So wonderful to see Christians again because that whole three years that I was gone I didn't find anyone although I asked many many of the ministers the chaplains to what can we do when you have a guilty conscience and the only answer they could give was pray pray and God will hear your prayers well sure I'm sure God heard the prayers but I couldn't be satisfied. I could not be comforted until I heard those words. Believe your sins forgiven. In Jesus' name and his precious atoning blood. What a consolation it is. So you young ones especially, don't think that that's a small thing. This is so very, very important. Jesus hung on the cross and he shed his blood for the remission of sins. That's why he shed his blood. And that is the only, only thing that can cleanse us of our sins is the shedding of the blood of Jesus. The blood of Jesus is the atonement for our sins. And so this man here, this boy, prodigal here that he came and the father was just waiting, waiting for him and I'm sure my folks had been waiting for for me and for others but the, this father here which I say I believe is the heavenly father he doesn't forget you when you have gone out into the world especially if you've been from a Christian home the father has not forgotten you he's waiting for you as, as, the, as it says in the songwriter that Jesus is Softly and tenderly, Jesus is calling, calling for you and for me, and he wants you to come home. He wants you to come to that Father's house to know that and be assured that you are his child and that you are in a safe place, waiting for that day when Jesus will call you home. And so, as he came here to this Father's house, 
the father ran to him he didn't run to the father he was kind of afraid just like we are when we have sinned we're so timid and we just barely want to go to see a brother or sister to confess our sins and but the father was anxious he was so anxious to see his lost son come back and so he ran to him and he and he the son and he fell on his fell on his neck and he kissed him that kiss is the kiss of grace that kiss of grace when we have come back to the father but now let's listen to the rest of this the son said unto him he's confessing confessing his sins the son said unto him i have sinned against heaven and in thy sight we know that when we have sinned we have sinned against heaven and against god i have sinned against heaven and in thy sight and am no more worthy to be called thy son no we feel so poor and so miserable when we have sinned that we have we don't deserve to have the forgiveness of the father but let's see what the father says the father wouldn't listen to that at all he didn't have to say that he's the father wouldn't even listen to him when he said he's going to be have to be a servant no he wouldn't even accept that but what did he do the father said to his servants bring forth the best robe and put it on him and put a ring on his hand and shoes on his feet oh if that isn't a good picture of the servants going to place their hands upon that repentant sinner and proclaim the forgiveness of sins to them and that is the robe of righteousness that Jesus has given unto us that robe of righteousness that is Jesus Christ and the ring on his finger which is the engagement ring that we we are engaged then to the bridegroom which is Jesus and the shoes on his feet to give the give the uh, assurance that he will watch over us and he will guide us through the holy spirit he will guide us on this way of life and oh how true it is that when we trust in the holy spirit that he will guide us sure we fall sometimes and that's why we have to have our feet washed the forgiveness of sins again when we have erred on this way because we carry this old corrupt portion with us and we know that we are not able to be perfect because we are not perfect only one is perfect and that is god christ jesus our lord and savior but anyway he told the servants to come and that's just a good indication for us also that he didn't say oh why don't you pray that your sins will be forgiven no he sent him to the servants he told the servants to put the robe of righteousness upon him and then he says 
and bring hither the fatted calf and kill it and let us eat and be merry. Oh, we know the scripture tells us that there is great joy in heaven for one sinner that repents. The angels, they sing and everyone there is so joyous. For one sinner, how important is your soul unto the heavenly father so important that he was willing to send his only begotten son Jesus Christ to suffer and to die even if you were the only one he would have done it or if I was the only one he would have done it but he did it for the whole world now he says that for this my son was dead surely when you're out in the world you are dead dead in the sins of this world but when you have been given that robe of righteousness and your sins have been washed away in the blood of the lamb you have been made alive again you are dead to sin now not dead in sin but dead to sin and alive in Christ he is alive again he was lost and is found and they begin to be merry now I just want to say that any of you who have children, sons, daughters or relatives out in the world don't forget them continue to pray for them continue to pray for them because God has not forgotten them God is still looking for them to return so that he can run to them and fall on their neck and give them a kiss and send them to the servants to be to have a robe put on them. Now the eldest son was in the field. Remember that there was two sons. The eldest son was in the field and as he came and he drew nigh to the house he heard music and dancing. He heard all this commotion. And he wanted to know, where was he when the son came back? When the servants were, were blessing the son, the prodigal that had come back, he was out somewhere with his friends. And he called one of the servants and he asked what these things meant. He didn't have any idea. What's, the, what's going on here? And he said unto him, the servant said unto him, Thy brother is come. And thy father hath killed the fatted calf because he hath received him safe and sound. Now this fatted calf, of course, is Christ Jesus also, who is the Lamb of God that taketh away the sins of the world. And he has had to die. And now it says, because he hath received him safe and sound. Oh, this should have made that elder brother so happy that my brother has come back he has come back and he has come back to the father's house but let's see what he says he was angry why should he be angry he was angry and he would not go in therefore came his father out and entreated him oh the father had not forgotten his elder son no he wanted him to join in with that, with that pleasant time with his brother had come back. 
But the eldest son was angry. Are we angry if we see a repentant sinner who's gone out into the world and come back? Are we going to be angry? We are not supposed to be angry, but we are supposed to rejoice in the fact that one who is lost and dead has come back and been made alive again. And he answered and said to his father, Lo, these many years do I serve thee. Neither transgressed I at any time thy commandments, and yet thou never gavest me a kid that I might make merry with my friends. Now, what does this sound like? To me it sounds like a pretty self-righteous person that he's never transgressed any of the commandments, that he has never done anything wrong. The Bible tells us that we've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. He didn't need a Savior. He didn't need the fatted calf. But he said that, and he thought that this was just to be mer- make merry with his friends. This was not what the younger son, he was not just being being there to be make merry with the friends, but that they were rejoicing in the fact that he had come back from the world and has come back to the father's house. He said, But as soon as this thy son was come, which hath devoured thy living with harlots, and thou hast killed for him the fatted calf. Yes. No matter what, the father didn't, Father didn't question the son. What have you been doing all this time out in the world? What have you? What kind of sins have you committed? No, he didn't even question him at all. He just threw his arms around him and he kissed him, and he sent him to the servants to proclaim the sins forgiven. He didn't have to know all the sins that he had walked in and fallen in. He said unto him, Son, thou art ever with me, and all that I have is thine. The father hadn't rejected the elder son. He hadn't rejected him. He still wanted him to come back. And even if he was in a self-righteous condition, he wanted him to join in. And it was meet that we should make merry and be glad, for this thy brother was dead and is alive again. This thy brother was dead and is alive again. What a blessed thing. He was lost and is found. So what a gracious thing it is when a sinner returns, one that has been out in the world and he returns unto the Father's house. Oh, let us not forget our loved ones who are yet walking in this world. Continue to pray for them and pray for each other. And like we are instructed in the Bible, that love one another. Let us love one another enough so that we can just be able to go up to any one of the brothers and sisters in faith and be friendly and can we, we can show our love unto them and they to us. So may God grant us a safe journey to that heavenly home even as my sister is lying in the bed now she is she is on her in her last days we do not know how long it will be 
but she's she cannot talk anymore she cannot eat anymore she cannot drink anymore she's just waiting but we pray that God will have mercy upon her soul also we ask this in Jesus precious and holy name Amen